we've made pretty much, well, more than 2,000 tough decisions. My name is Johan Radojevski, and I'm the CMO for Malibu at The Absolute Company. When the live scene died, being at the helm of Live Nation of course meant that hard decisions had to be made. A warm welcome to Transformation 10, Matthias Berer, Managing Director, Live Nation Sweden. Thank you. To this leadership pod. Thanks, Johan. Great uh, to be here. Today, we're going to talk about making tough decisions in the light of transformation and rapid change in a business context. And no one can deny that, especially the live entertainment industry, has been under huge pressure during the last one and a half years due to the pandemic. So we just thought that was an interesting canvas to Mm. talk about making tough decisions in a business context. So... Tell me a bit more about the past one and a half years, especially linked to the tough decisions that you've been making during that time. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an amazing roller coaster, a very very humbling and educational journey, I have to say. And I think one strong theme for the last uh, year and a half has obviously been making some tough decisions. And I mean, one way to see it is that we've made pretty much. Well, more than 2,000 tough decisions uh, because that's about as many shows and gigs that we've had to cancel, uh, reschedule or and, and reschedule again as we've been navigating this weird period of, of uh, uncertainty due to COVID. But for me and, and for my team, I, I, I guess the, the one tough, toughest decision by far uh, is that we had to face the fact that... Um, Last year, uh, 2020, um, early on, uh, basically all our core business uh, stopped. Um, and we lost something around 95% of the business. So um, we were running out of money. And um, the one big decision was that we, we, we just had to adjust significantly our, our whole cost base. And of course, that involved, unfortunately, letting go of, of, of some of our staff by the end of, of last year. So that was tough um, emotionally from every point of view um, and something that we fought long and hard to, to avoid. But eventually um, it was necessary um, to, to secure survival uh, going forward. So in, in that context, then, understanding that is also from, as you pointed out, from a human perspective, yeah. super hard to make those type of calls. Yeah. And how have has your role as a, as a senior business leader been evolving during that one and a half years then with, I guess, yeah. new pressure and new yeah. expectations of the leadership role? It's been a, a very rare experience. I mean, coming in mid last year and, and getting to know the company, the people, and also the industry, which is partly new to me. And then, then having to make decisions to drive some, some pretty big changes uh, and at the same time create trust and a sense of security and direction without being among people, that, that's, uh, that's been tough. Again, I think all of us feel that it's, it's been difficult enough to lead over uh, video conference, but to do this as a completely new to the company and in, in the worst crisis we've ever experienced has been quite an educational uh, experience. But I've met, I've spent a lot of time trying to meet people one-on-one. So I've, I've met everyone in, in the whole uh, company, both, of course, to introduce myself and try to create some, some kind of bond. 
which is helpful when when you uh, uh, on a daily basis you only meet people as small thumbnails on a, on a screen but more importantly to to listen in uh, with people their hopes and and fears and uh, and ideas and um, you know as fast as possible try to get an understanding of the of the culture and uh, the organization the dynamics of of this uh, company uh, even though the office has been empty and, and normal business has been at a lockdown. Still, I've been able to, to learn to know a lot of people and I've been really impressed by all the strong characters and, and talent that we have. So um, uh, it's, it's been encouraging at the same time and I can't wait to see how that, all that talent will come to play when, when we get uh, into normal business again. And, and you mentioned that you, you stepped into this uh, role uh, during the pandemic. Mm. How did that fact that you were new to the organization and to the industry, as you mentioned, impact your ability to take tough decisions? Yeah, I mean, something that I've learned uh, throughout my, my various uh, gigs uh, uh, during the years is that uh, no matter what, uh, not taking a decision is, is uh, always almost even worse than taking a, a decision that may not be 100% validated. Uh, you, you simply have to march on, learn quickly and, and adjust uh, if you discover that you went a little bit for, you know, to the left or to the right. So um, the most important thing uh, is, is not to panic. Uh, I'm a pretty good listener. I learned fast that I have a good team around me. So again, meeting up with uh, the key people, listening in and then making fast decisions as, as we've had to uh, throughout this difficult period. Can you prepare and how do you prepare to face constant change, especially when it comes to decision making? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, one sort of tool that I've always, when, when I'm in doubt, when I, when I struggle, that I learned a, a few years back is my, is my own sort of, I guess, some, some kind of managerial framework. I call it the five P's and it's not, it's not Philip Kotler's uh, piece. It's, it's uh, Purpose, people, product, process, and profit in that order. And for me, it's, uh, it has been helpful to, to go back to that. Always start with the purpose. You, you have to create a sense uh, with, with everyone that you know, we have a clear idea of why we exist, how we make a difference in people's lives, and, and base everything on that vision or, or, or mission or big idea. And then it's about the people, getting the right people on board, getting the buy-in from the right people to, to create ambassadors once you have to, particularly when you go into difficult decisions. Whatever strategy, whatever product or service, in, in, in my mind, uh, how brilliant it may be if you have the wrong people on board or if you don't have your people with you, it's going to fail anyway. So people, purpose and people always comes first. And then you can focus in on what you're actually offering out to the market, the product, the services, etc. How you do it, the process. And if you do that in the right order, um, there will be profit uh, eventually. So for me, that has been a framework that I, that I usually apply to difficult decisions as well. No, I can really resonate to that because owning that long-term vision and, and always like, guiding the the team or the organization that you lead through mm. turbulent times is, of course, the, the critical part of, of being a leader. Yeah. And, and really to own that vision is, is to me, critical. Mm. So it's clear that being at the center, at the head of Live Nation for the last one and a half years has been tough. Yeah. And uh, as you said, it's not been one tough decision. It's been uh, 2,000 
plus tough yeah. decisions yeah. during that, that time. How do you personally decompress after a tough day at work? Or how do you get energy mm. to come in every morning with a, with a high spirit and a can-do attitude? You know, again, despite the fact that I haven't spent too much face time with my colleagues, um, um, I, I do get a lot of energy from all these crazy, lovely, smart um, people, of course. But personally, I also have my family. I mean, I always get, go back to my family. That's where I'm rooted. I have four kids and two dogs and a cat and a wife. <laughs> um, I, I actually, and, a, and a motorcycle. And a motorcycle, true. <laughs> um, which I sometimes take out into the woods uh, and, and do some meditation. I, I actually started uh, practicing meditation at the beginning of this year. I think p- partly because of the stress level <laughs> that I was facing, uh, and and that has been really helpful for me to uh, a- as a way to decompress and detach from all the pressures, and ha- at least have a-, a moment every day or almost every day where trying to realize that at the end of the day, you know, you got your family, you got your health, uh, your loved ones, and that's that's really the most important uh, thing in life. So. That, that's uh, one way. So uh, then I have to return the question you asked me. I mean, what, as a leader, what are the most important things when, I mean, communicating in a crisis? Do you have any tips and tricks that I can learn from? I mean, I, I got inspired by you, I have to say, because and I feel that we have a few common, common ideas there. I mean, the idea of people first and, and being mm. human is, is critical to everything we do. And, and, mm. and having empathy yeah for for well the situation at large mm. but to the people that you work with and uh, and then communication it's not only to be clear about your communication but i think also being very frequent in terms of like repeating it and then also staying the course yeah maybe that goes back to your first p of, of purpose as well but mm. like especially in times of turbulence i mean i've been witnessing the power of having you know that long term vision and mm. keeping in that direction, yeah, stick to it. Stick to it over time. Yeah. Even though, I mean, even if a pandemic comes in, you might change one or two things, or even mm. more than that. But mm. if you had a robust vision from the beginning, mm. and you'd be able to keep that, I think that is super helpful for all people that are, you know, involved in your business. Twenty twenty-five. What is your business looking like at that point in time, and particularly the your area of responsibility? Uh, well, looking at the spirits business, I think. I think actually the on-trade, so restaurants and bars will come back, bounce mm. back. I truly believe people are in in need to get together in, in real life. I think that will sustain up until 2025, to be mm. honest. And the same goes, of course, for, for traveling, even though that might be a bit lower than what we saw uh, pre-pandemic. Mm. But I think what's more interesting is, just you know, as I said before, those shifts that we've been starting to see during the pandemic, like people ordering home delivery of of spirits uh, and cocktails, Mm. you know, more on-the-go type of cocktails, um, more online shopping of grocery and alcohol. I think those types of uh, shifts will be even stronger in 2025. Mm. And, of course, also the idea of new, I would say, extended services, I think we also realized during this pandemic that we're not only in the spirits business, we are maybe touching your industry a bit as well, mm. like in terms of yeah. entertainment or at least people getting together, having a good time. Yeah. And of course, there's so many new startups, new services, both offline and online services. 
that mm. are in that space that we are looking at. So I think going into the future four or five years, I think those kind of investments and investigations we're doing right now will be much more front and center uh, at 2025. I think you're right. Um, I, I, I hope and I think you're right. And how is it for you? Because I mean, yeah, like the live industry and especially live nation, how, how do you think it will be evolving during the next four or five years? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super optimistic. I think, um, first of all, the whole live industry uh, went through some, some you know, big growth uh, just before the pandemic. We were in a really good place as an industry and also Live Nation. I tend to believe the, the cliche of the roaring 20s <laughs> coming, coming out of this. And I think people are really uh, longing to enrich their lives by, as you said, getting together, socializing, meeting up with friends and, and really yeah, having joint experiences. And we see, um, I mean, both our intuition, but also from research that, that, uh, that that's the one thing that people are missing in their life uh, right now, culture um, and, and being socially active with joint uh, experiences. And, and among those, uh, music comes out as a big thing that people long for. So I mean, with that optimistic outlook from both our industries, I think that's an, a very nice ending to our well, I would say discussions today, yeah. not only about uh, making tough decisions, mm. but so much more about, you know, future entertainment and new business models mm. and uh, many other things. So, Matthias, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Johan. I enjoyed it. And uh, lunch is on me. So let's continue the discussion later on. Brilliant. Thank you for today. Thanks. Cheers. So to conclude, is really being hard in hard times the best way to practice leadership? Or... Is a softer approach better, even though you know that you have to enforce tough decisions? For me, talking to Matthias and learning about his take on leadership and how to handle extreme conditions has given me valuable insights into how you can navigate in difficult waters. Number one, I mean, be transparent with the challenges ahead. Clearly define why, how and when is information that everyone needs in order to understand what's happening and put the people first. I think secondly, you need to embrace your past experiences. Use what you have learned and how you have adapted in previous situations and draw conclusions from that. And use that as an anchor to keep you grounded when you are faced with a hurricane. And finally, listen to your inner voice and find a safe space where you can decompress from the pressure. Everyone needs that from time to time. (laughs) 